Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we strive on bringing you news that you won't find in the fake media every day. We also strive to bring you the truth, not only on politics, but the world news all around, including pop culture and so forth. As for myself, I worked in the private sector for around 25 years in the call center management and health insurance industry. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances and health issues, I was forced into early retirement last year. Now, a couple years ago, I noticed that something just wasn't sitting right with the way our country was being ran or being politicized as. So I started doing research, a lot of research. And that's why I'm able to now host this podcast. I've been on other shows as well, discussing my views. I'm also on social media. I'm on The Clapper, Rizzle, TikTok, Truth Social, Facebook, and many more. You can find me at the KY Guy, Kentucky Guy, KY Guy, or KY Guy 80. Different ones. Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. <laughs> All right. So, yes, and I uh, do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And again, God bless and God bless America. Welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, and uh, this is Special Report Devolution Series Part Number 13. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, just a couple things here. If you haven't heard any of the uh, Special Report on Devolution that we've been doing here, uh, I do recommend you starting from the beginning. Uh, also, if this is your first time listening, uh, we do drop episodes here every Wednesday and Saturday, and uh, we are on all major platforms, <clears throat> including uh, Amazon Music and uh, many more as well. Uh, iHeartRadio, that's a big one that we just got a part of. So uh, anyways, uh, for you wrestling fans out there, oh yeah, I do host Against the Mat, I do co-host with Donnie Cage, uh, Against the Mat wrestling podcast and uh we drop new episodes there uh every monday and friday now we did drop a new episode yesterday and uh it was pretty great so so as you heard we do drop episodes here let's go ahead and get started uh every wednesday and saturday now this is not saturday's episode um i'm very excited to say that we do have a special guest uh that'll be joining us for saturday's episode which will upload later today uh, his he is a uh, former uh, left wing Democrat, uh, and he's more of a conservative side. His name is Scott, so uh, it should be very interesting. Uh, 
and uh, you know, excited to have him as part of the show. So, all right. So let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> as I mentioned on the last episode, uh, there is an event uh, October twenty fourth, a virtual conference held by Miss Cunningham, October twenty fourth through the thirtieth. As we get more and more uh, information on that, we'll let you know. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the geopolitical uh, couple news updates, and then we'll get into devolution part 13. All right, so House Democrats passed Biden's spending bill, and all it's waiting on is the old man's signature. Uh, divided Congress, here's the news article, a divided Congress gave final approval Friday, yesterday, the Democrats' uh, flagship climate and health care bill, handing President Joe Biden a, a back-from-the-dead triumph on, on converted priorities that the party hopes will bolster their prospects, prospects for keeping their House and Senate majorities in November. Well, let me tell you right now, if you had a chance to look at that bill, their, their, their constituents... <laughs> Uh, will not, I mean, they're going to charge charging taxes. Uh, it breaks uh, Biden's biggest campaign promise, which he's broke them all, but the biggest one uh, that he's breaking right now is uh, no, uh, no new taxes on anybody who makes under $400,000. Well, this bill shoots that in the foot <laughs> completely. Yeah, this is just hopeful thinking. Uh, the House used a party line. Uh, 220 to 207 vote to pass the legislation, prompting hugs. Oh, you should have seen it. Oh, it was sickening. Even they got a picture of them. Prompting hugs among Democrats on the House floor and cheers by White House staff watching on television. Today, the American people won. Special interest lost. Oh, my God. Tweeted the uh, vacationing Biden, who was shown... Uh, beaming in the White House photo as he watched the vote on, on TV uh, from uh, Kiwanawa Island. Oh, by the way, uh, who he's got baby boy with him, Hunter Biden. Uh, yeah, uh, and all this proof has come out against him. And uh, he was on uh, Air Force One with uh, baby boy, yeah, on his vacation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just figured I'd mention that right there. Uh, he said he'd sign the legislation next week when he caught back. Of course he will. Uh, the measure is but a shadow, and I believe this, is but a shadow of a larger, more ambitious plan to supercharge environment and social programs that Biden and his party unveiled early last year. Even so, Democrats happily declared victory on a top-tier goals, like providing Congress uh, largest ever investment in curbing <laughs> carbon emissions, uh, reigning in pharmaceutical costs, and taxing large companies, hoping to show they can uh, wring accomplishments from a routinely gridlock. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're really hoping that their voters, especially the ones in Washington, are uh, pretty much uh, disillusional, right? They're, they're hoping that they're pretty stupid. I don't have a whole lot to say about this. This bill is horrible, and I, it's going to shoot these guys. And the, everything these guys do is wrong. Like, it's not wrong, but it, 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 yeah, it's wrong. But what I mean is 
it all blows up in their face. Everything they try, <laughs> it blows up in their face. And this is just another one because they have zero common sense. Zero. People don't care about carbon emissions. They care if they're going to be able to put food on their table or pay for gas to go to work. That's the real issues. If you want to retain your position come the midterms, start talking about stuff that the actual American people care about. Inflation, gas prices, food shortages, formula, baby formula shortages. My God, man, there's all kinds of stuff that you guys could be working on to at least help your case a little bit. Big red wave in November, there's no doubt, but it's going to be up to us to get out there and vote. If you don't go vote, I don't want to hear you crying about it. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Everybody needs to go vote this year. I don't care if it's not a presidential election. It's a very important election. We've got to get these swamp creatures out of here and get our country back. Speaking of uh, acts from the swamp, let's move on to the next story real quick. Uh, President Donald Trump, the power to classify, declassify, lies solely with the President of the United States. That's what I always thought. A new statement from Donald Trump's team admitted the raid on his uh, Mar-a-Lago residence stresses that the President had the power to classify or declassify documents. Just the news founder, John Solomon, read the declaration Friday night while appearing on Fox News Hannity. Quote, as we can all relate to, everyone ends up having to bring home their work from time to time. American presidents are no different. Solomon read, President, quote, President Trump, in order to prepare work for the next day, often took documents, including classified documents, to the residents. He had a standing order that documents removed from the Oval Office and taken to the resident were deemed to be declassified the moment he removed them. This statement also continued, The power to classify and declassify documents has always rested solely on and with the President of the United States. So Trump's, uh, Trump's statement also challenged the idea that, quote, some paper-pushing bureaucrat <laughs> uh, needed to approve the former president's document declassification, calling the proposal absurd. The new comments by Trump came amid his claims that former President Barack Obama kept over, get this number now, 30 million pages of documents, and much of them classified. Trump wrote in a short statement, though the Save America Pact earlier on Friday. Yeah, so, I mean, we know we know why they raided his home, right? I mean, we know that. Uh, you have a corrupt DOJ working for an corrupt administration who are scared to death that he's going to run for re-election or he's going to run for election in 2024, and they're trying to use the item 18 on them. Uh, I'm, I don't know why I keep saying the amendment uh, 18 on them uh, to where uh, he can't run for office again or serve in office uh, if he's convicted of a crime. Not going to happen. 
this guy is, and I don't know how, but he is so squeaky clean, it's not even funny. Somebody who's not squeaky clean is Merrick Garland, the Eternal General. And we have one of my favorites, the one person who, I won't say the one person, but the one of few who will actually stand up, take the battle, and take the criticism along with it. So, Representative Margie Taylor Greene files impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland. Good for her. Oh, uh, Margie Taylor Greene, uh, she's the uh, representative in Georgia, said Friday that she had filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick uh, Garland, accusing him of persecuting former President Donald Trump as the FBI search of Trump's Florida residence continues to raise temperatures in D.C. Green's resolution, the Hill reported, by the way, uh, claims that the Attorney General uh, General's personal approval to seek a search warrant for the raid on the home of the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, constitutes as blatant attempt to persecute a political opponent. Amen. Uh, The search warrant was approved by federal judge and was unsealed on Friday, yesterday, uh, with consent from the Department of Justice and Trump's legal team. Trump's legal team, by the way, they didn't just approve it, they begged for it. On Thursday, Garland cited high public interest as a motivating reason to have the documents unsealed. <laughs> um, so I am glad, and he signed off on these, by the way. That's why she's moving for impeachment. You, you have to have somebody part of the DOJ, or I, and they're already breaking all kinds of laws, right? But this would be one, like, <laughs> this would be pretty bad. Uh, because the, actually, if they found anything... And the nobody from the DOJ, the Department of Justice, signed off on the warrant. Uh, and they found, and if they were to found, if they would have found something, and nobody signed off on it, it couldn't have been used and it had been null. So therefore, he had to admit that he actually did sign off on. It. They actually had to do that by law uh, on that one there, because just in case uh, they were to find something incriminating, which they never do, they never do on the guy. I, I mean, this witch hunt has been on six years, going on seven, and, you know, get over it. Jeez almighty. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We do have, a, uh, I think, a pretty good report uh, on devolution coming up next. Uh, but go ahead and take a break for our sponsor, uh, Anchor. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, I already have one. Anchor is the place to be. Be right back. Hey, guys, have you heard? about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. 
Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ah. All right, and uh, welcome back to the Red Pill Current News Podcast Special Report Number Thirteen Devolution. Uh, yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, iOS, uh, your Android, or uh, Anchor FM on the web—a uh, great place to uh, start a podcast or even switch over uh, because they do offer everything in one place. Okay, so let's get into the report here. All right, so in the last episode, just to catch everyone up, uh, because it's been a while. By the way, I apologize that these aren't coming faster uh, like they had been. Um, <clears throat> life gets in the way. We're doing a lot of different stuff. By the way, we have a brand new uh, website up uh, for the show. Uh, we do post uh, blogs on there and documents and that. Uh, that is, uh, let's see, political news podcast altogether political news podcast dot us political news podcast dot us so if you get a chance uh, be sure to check that out we've got a facebook page as well uh be more than uh you know all the episodes are automatically uh uploaded there uh and that is the uh red pill current news uh and that's on facebook so also if you want to be a guest on the show or have any comments or concerns, you can always email me, and I do appreciate everyone that does, at OLKentucky, spelled out, OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com. Once again, I'm the host of the show, the Kentucky guy. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. So in the last episode, I outlined the larger battle between President Trump and the political establishment, including the foundation for the battle that we saw building during uh, Barack Obama's administration. So in this episode, I'm going to be focusing more on the battle that occurred during Trump's presidency, including how the political establishment uh, was even more, pers- I don't know, pervasive, I guess. Yeah. in their uh, election theft than I had originally suspected before I started doing this research. So Spygate. Now, I'm not going to go real deep into Spygate uh, because... Just to be honest with you, my area of expertise in Spygate is not great. Uh, there is a gentleman by uh, Brian Cates, uh, and his work as is the authority on all things Spygate. Uh, I do want to mention this because there has been some recent developments regarding Michael Sussman, and it proves some context for what we'll be talking about. Uh, throughout today's episode on October 3rd 2018 John Solomon published an article via the hill discussing the origins of the Trump Russia hoax Russia collusion hoax I should say Uh, on September 15th 2021 the New York Times reported that John Durham will ask a grand jury jury to indict Michael Sussman on the charge well we know right because uh, remember, I did this research a long time ago. Uh, that that trial's already come and gone, right? And I know that some of you were very upset at the outcome. But like I explained back then, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. 
Sussman got off, right? He, he, he got off, which we knew he would. It was the same reason we knew Steve Bannon was going to get found guilty until he re- appealed it and took it out of D.C. because they're all corrupt. Here's the thing, though. Mike Sussman's a little bitty fish. We wanted the big ones. And he gave us so much information. You watch. That trial's coming up in October. Uh, yeah, so uh, Will asked the grand jury to indict Michael, which he did, uh, on making a false statement to the FBI. Techno, Techno Fog provided a great analyst regarding the unfolding situation. So just to make sure we're clear on what's happening here, Spygate was already underway based on the bogus steel dossier and crossfire hurricane, which was already started. <laughs> Michael Sussman, a former DOJ lawyer, current partner at the Perkins Coy Law Firm and lawyer for the DNC, was attempting to launch a second parallel investigation of Trump based on the bogus uh, Alpha's bank story. So we don't know for sure, right, who the tech executive one is or which company, internet company one is, but I'd be willing to say that it's probably Sean Henry and CrowdStrike. And I'm going to be covering both of those those topics Sean Henry and CrowdStrike as we go throughout uh, uh, throughout this series actually and kind of show you guys connections with them if you've never heard those names before I've always told you to do your own research uh, you need to check it out you need to check it out but I think I can link Perkins Coy CrowdStrike and the DNC together now. I think I can. So Perkins Coy LLP hired CrowdStrike for services uh, needed by the DNC and the DCC. Sussman and his law firm, Perkins Coy, were essentially acting as the middlemen. So at this point, in uh, everybody in the deep state, right, uh, has gone all in on creating the narrative that Trump is a Russian asset, and they're and they try to, they're trying to overthrow or to throw a much uh, crap out there. Oh, there! <laughs> I don't know why I, I wrote that like that. Uh, so they're trying to throw as much crap out there <laughs> as possible to see what sticks. Uh, they're fabricating evidence of the Russian collusion, which has come out now that it was all just a big old hoax and a lie. It's awful. It was all a lie. So remember in this, the Clinton campaign used Perkins Coyle to submit uh, dubious information to the FBI about Russia and Trump. And Trump. Uh, let's look at the DNC hack more closely. The supposed hack of the Democratic National Convention servers was yet another story used to further the narrative that the Russians, the Russia, was actively interfering 
to get Donald Trump elected president in 2016. This July 5th, 2019 article from Real Clear Investigations is long but well worth the read due to the context it provides. If you get a chance, look that up. Once again, it's Real Clear Investigations. Uh, it was an article on July 5th, 2019. Uh, it, it, it's definitely worth look, taking a look at. Uh, a few critically important pieces of information from the report. Uh, first, there are some interesting connections brought up. The uh, same Sean Henry uh, with a close relationship to the uh, DNC lawyer and Perkins co-partner, uh, Michael Sussman, also formerly worked under Mueller. Hmm. You know that? Uh, so what that means, <laughs> that means that the same individual who led the forensics team that ultimately blamed Russia for the DNC breach previously worked under the, the individual <laughs> in charge of the entire special counsel looking into Trump's ties to Russia. This whole situation is one big study, case study on conflict of interest. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> it, it, it breaks so many laws, it's not even funny. So second, it, it, in that article, it also mentioned the retraction of uh, CrowdStrike. And boy, we're going to get into them. Uh, CrowdStrike was forced to make regarding Ukraine. They had to make a, a, retraction, a retraction. The article from The Atlantic outlines how in December of 2016, CrowdStrike released a report that claimed that the same Russian GRU that hacked the DNC also hacked into Ukraine's artillery app, resulting in heavy loss for Ukraine in the in their war against Russia, Russian-backed uh, separatists. The issue here is that the Ukraine Ministry of Defense claimed that the combat losses and hacking never happened. Huh. That's kind of puzzling, ain't it? Somebody's lying somewhere. CrowdStrike, <laughs> they were actually forced to revise and retract their claims after Ukraine denied it ever happened. CrowdStrike fabricated evidence to create a narrative. Are you seeing a pattern here? Remember, CrowdStrike didn't allow anybody else to access and review the DNC servers. So we're forced to rely on only their accounting of what happened. Now, where this gets even a little bit more enticing and interesting, on July 25th, 2019, President Trump uh, and his infamous call with Ukraine's president, Zelensky, the call that led to his first impeachment trial, one of the most overlooked aspects of this call by the media, at least was President Trump's mention of CrowdStrike specifically. The media was far too concerned with damaging, with doing damage control on, on Joe Biden's uh, interests. So Trump did bring up Hunter Biden and Burshma during his phone call. And that is uh, not insignificant because their 
uh, corruption plays a major role uh, when you look at the bigger picture. But he also directly mentioned CrowdStrike, the company involved in uncovering the DNC hack, which helped perpetrate the entire narrative that Trump collided with Russia, the same company which I believe was responsible for fabricating evidence for that stupid Alpha Bank story. Uh, was Trump's impeachment was Trump's impeachment started because he was asked about the because he asked about the Biden family corruption, or was it because he was asking Ukraine to look into CrowdStrike? You'll see why I'm asking these questions here in just a moment as time goes on throughout this series. So on May 13, 2020, uh, Real Clear Investigations published another article discussing uh, CrowdStrike and the DNC hack with a with new bombshell revelations. Now I'm I, I'm trying to get out of reading these uh, articles on these uh, reports because I don't want to take the whole time just reading them. But there are some highlights that I do want to go over on this because I think it's important. Uh, Trump. Uh, Russian probe, and this is from the article, uh, acknowledged to Congress more than two years ago that it had no concrete evidence that Russia hackers stole emails from the Democratic National Convention server. Uh, They also went on to say uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, John Postata, and others, and then passed them to WikiLeaks help trigger the FBI's probe into now debunked claims of a conspiracy between the Trump campaigns and Russia still in the 2016 election. Uh, Let's see. Henry personally led the the, uh, recommendation and the forensics analysis of the DNC server after being warned of a breach in late April uh, 2006. His work was uh, paid for by the DNC. Henry testified that CrowdStrike did not, in fact, know if such theft occurred at all. Quote, we did not have concrete evidence that the data was uh was legit was legitly moved electronically <laughs> from the DNC. We had indicators, but no proof. So the entire time, right, that CrowdStrike never actually had, uh, they never had evidence, direct evidence that the emails were stolen, and the fact that they never allowed anybody from the FBI or the NS- NSA to look at the servers. Is just absolutely mind-blowing, right? It doesn't make any sense. CrowdStrike's role uh, in this investigation and the long leash uh, afforded to them by the FBI raising glaring concerns uh, to put it in the most mild term possible, who was uh, actually calling the shots in this investigation. And why wasn't it the FBI? So here's a little bit more from Red Clear Investigation. I like these guys. Uh, Real Clear Investigation. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
real clear investigation. Uh, Biney signed a sworn affidavit that he believes that the DNC data was moved onto a storage device not hacked over the Internet. Uh, Biney signed a sworn affidavit that he believes that the DNC data was moved to a... St- oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> storage data not hacked over the Internet. Here is what Newsweek reported about his murder. And you guys, I'm sure you guys remember this. Uh, at 4.19 a.m., police patrolling nearby uh, responded to the sound of gunfire in Bloomingdale and found Rich lying uh, mortally wounded at a dark intersection a block and a half from a red brick uh, uh, row house he shared with friends. He had multiple gunshot wounds in his back. About an hour and 45 or 40 minutes later, he died at the local hospital. Uh, Police have declined to say whether he was able to describe the uh, perpetrators or not. Uh, So (laughs) the cops suspect Richard was a victim of of an attempted robbery, one of many that plagued the neighborhood Strangely, however, uh, his wallet, credit card, cell phone, his watch was still on his wrist. Nothing was broken or taken. So the reason why I think this is important, right, to bring this up right now, is because, first of all, first of all, before I bring this up, I want to make sure. Does everyone? I want to make sure the audience knows who Julian Assange is. Julian Assange is the creator of WikiLeaks. Okay, Uh, (laughs) he's the WikiLeaks leader, but he has been indicted on 18 counts of violating the Espionage Act for his role in obtaining and publishing secret military and diplomatic documents in 2010 uh the justice department uh announced that his cases moved actually forward uh he because he was denying uh first amendment issues he faces up to 175 years in jail according to his lawyers however the u.s government has said the sentence is more likely to be between four and six years those documents revealed how the U.S. military had killed hundreds of civilians in unreported incidents during the war in Afghanistan. While leaked Iraq war files showed 66,000 civilians had been killed and prisoners tortured uh, by Iraqi forces. So Julian Assange, uh, he's been in prison and still is uh, since he was removed from the Ecuadorian embassy in London in 2019 and arrested by uh, British police. Now, the court did, uh, did, did grant extradition back here to the U.S. so he could face trial. He appealed that in July. So when I haven't got, we haven't got any verdict yet on his appeal. And I think, I think he's coming back here. I think he's guilty, right? So, but here I wanted to explain who he was, all right? Uh, because 
he was the first person who made a publicly referenced uh, reference about Seth Rich, okay, uh, through Twitter. Announced, Tweaking Links has decided to issue a U.S. $20,000 reward for information leading to conviction for the murder of a DNC staffer, uh, Seth Richards. Now I've got a I've got a I've got a real quick clip here. I want to I want to play, uh, and this uh, and we'll wrap this episode up um, because <laughs> this, I think it's important. Uh, this is uh, Julian uh, Essen uh, Asigen, uh doing an interview on live TV, and uh, well, you just I don't want you guys to listen to it. Listen to this, and I'll be right back. Last few weeks, if you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on is is an October surprise in there. We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material, and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old. I worked for the DNC. We were shot in the back, murdered uh, just a few weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So uh, what are you suggesting? Of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring. Uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources are. Why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because that we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States. And that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. More importantly. Um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, there you talk about somebody that's, uh, who seems to know something, uh, but is not going to say anything. Uh, you know, I mean, wow, that's just crazy. Um, so anyways, the last piece of this, uh, real quick, uh, that I want to share, and perhaps m- the most relevant considering the recent movement we're seeing from John Durham relating to who provided a copy of Seth Rich's DNC laptop to the FBI as a part of the murder investigation. It was the same law firm, by the way, that employed Michael Sussman and who, bo- who, brought, who brought in the crowd strike while representing the DNC None other than, I said it earlier, Perkins Coy. 
So let's do a recap because that was a lot of information uh, on today's episode. Let's do a quick recap and then we'll call it a day, okay? And don't forget that we do have our regular episode coming on later uh, with our special guest, uh, Scott. Uh, so real quick, Michael Sussman is a former DOJ lawyer and former, as of uh, September 16, 21, partner at Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy was a law firm representing Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. Perkins Coy paid Fusion GPS to create the narrative that Trump was colluding with Russia. Now, this is all this stuff I'm reading or going over right now is facts, okay? This isn't, uh, when I put this recap on here, this is stuff that's happened since I actually did the research. But like I said, I put notes here and there and then I put them together and we do a show. <laughs> um, separately, uh, Michael Sussman used Tech Executive One from Internet Company One, which I believe are Sean Henry and CrowdStrike, to create a narrative regarding Trump's ties to Russia through the Alpha Bank story. All right. Michael Sussman, uh, he contracted CrowdStrike. We're going to get into them next episode. Heavy duty. Uh, he contracted CrowdStrike with the DNC for their cyber services for the DNC hack. CrowdStrike used very shaky evidence to claim Russia hack DNC emails, again, creating narrative of Trump's ties to Russia. Also, a former NSA uh, technical director studied the hack and claimed the DNC data was downloaded to a thumb drive. Multiple data points, including Assange himself, lead to a deeper story behind what really happened to Seth Rich. CrowdStrike has played an, uh, played an integral role in creating the narrative that Trump had ties to Russia. I believe they also played a role in the uh, a, a great role in a few more uh, recent events as well. So there's our recap. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. I am the Kentucky Guy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will talk soon on today's episode. You've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast with the Kentucky Guy. Hey, have a wonderful day, and as always, God bless, and God bless America. Thank you, guys.